everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. So, a while ago, Apple announced something uh, called PassKeys. Uh-huh. And it's supposedly something to replace your password and login situation with. Mm-hmm. And it's supposedly much safer to use, mm-hmm. like high-level security and whatnot. So, can you tell us more about PassKeys? <laughs> So, a passkey is not something that Apple is inventing, but it's a thing that the industry as a whole wants to exist. Um, And it's replacing, as you said, passwords and something called two-factor authentication, Mm -hmm. uh, which we've all seen in, like, one incarnation or another. Either the service will email you uh, a code and you need to go ahead and enter in that code, or they'll go ahead and text you, like, a number and you need to enter in that number. Um, or they'll go ahead and ask you, hey, can you give us a secret number? And you have an app on your phone that gives you the secret number. Like, there are all sorts of different, like, variations of this. But that system is, like, super easy to fish. And what I mean by fish, uh, I mean, uh, the type of phishing that scammers will do trying to fish for, for, uh, suckers, basically. Um, and try to find someone who's going to give up their account credentials without knowing. So, for instance... They might call you and say, like, hey, uh, we are Bank of America and there's, like, a problem with your account. To verify that you are who you are, we just sent you a code. Can you go ahead and tell us what that code is? Uh And then you're like, oh, yeah, my code is uh, 123456. Like, that's the thing I just got texted. And they're like, thank you very much. And at that point, they just logged into your account. Okay. So that's, like, problematic, as you can see. Okay. So... Uh, pass keys are a very different way of doing this where instead of having a password, which is considered something that you know, and having a two-factor code that's considered something that proves uh, that you have something, meaning the device, mm-hmm. either on the other end of a phone number or uh, an email account, yada, yada. And by having these two pieces of information... Uh, you are more secure than just having one, right? If you just have a password and your password leaks, you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. But if your password leaks and you have a code that needs to be texted to you, it's a lot harder to get both of those pieces of information, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's also why it's a problem because if your password leaks, with which passwords do constantly nowadays, uh, then they only need that one piece of information and we're kind of uh, not as uh as protective of that code as we should be mm-hmm. um so pass keys uh, aim to do this differently and they aim to do this in a way that you don't even have a password involved with the service so s- say you want to log into bank of america um and you are instead of providing as you would have in the past a username and password bank of america would say hey uh please give us your pass key uh, and they're not really asking you for you to hand over your actual passkey, like, in any way, shape, or form. What's actually happening is Bank of America is going to give your device behind, like, not in, not to you, the user, but to you, your, like, web browser or something. Uh, it will give it something called a challenge, and a challenge can just be, like, a random number. And what your device will do is it will say, okay, this is a nice random number. I'm going to sign it with my key. And what signing it with my key means is I'm going to turn that random number into a different random number. 
But this is a very special transformation in that Bank of America has a corresponding public key to your private key. So you gave them a public key ahead of time. Um, and they can go ahead and use this public key to basically undo the transformation. So take the random number that you gave back to Bank of America. And if they get back the original one that they started off with, they can verify that you are who you say you are. But how how do they go from taking what you give back to converting that back into the original that they gave you without your pass key, your signature, because you're the one that's holding on to it. Yeah. You're not giving them your pass key. So how are they going to go back? Yep. So, so this is something called public key cryptography. And there are two pieces of information that are crucial to this working. So when you generate a new key, mm-hmm. uh, you get two components to it. You get a public key and a private key. Okay. The private key is intended for signing information and the public key is intended for verifying. And the way this works is through a lot of complicated math, but basically uh, only the private key can generate a signature and the public key can turn a signature back into the original data. So it's an asymmetric transformation, meaning that you don't have the same mathematical function to go from A to B and then from B back to A, you have two different functions, one to go from A to B, and then one to go from B to A. And by choosing who you give each of these functions to, so in the case of uh, cryptography, we call these the public key and the private key. The public key is one you can give out to the world, and the private one is one that you keep, you safeguard. Um, And by doing this, Bank of America can say like, hey, I want you to sign this challenge, And you will go ahead and compute some magic number that can count as a signature. And it counts as a signature because anyone with the public key can verify that that signature will give you back the original. Okay, so when you hand it all back to Bank of America, you're giving them a public key? So you gave them a public key the first time you made an account. Okay. So every time from that point forward, all you're doing is saying, uh, hey, Bank of America, can you give me a challenge? Like, let me prove to you who I am. It's kind of like asking Bank of America, uh, can you ask for my mother's maiden name, for instance? Mm -hmm. And then Bank of America says, hey, what's your mother's maiden name? And you do that whole dance. And then you say, hey, my mother's maiden name is so-and-so. Except you never told Bank of America what your mother's maiden name was. You just told them how to get your mother's maiden name from whatever answer you gave them. It's like there's a a lot of complicated math to make this work, Uh but it's really that magical. Yeah. So they just ask you a question, you sign it in a way that generates a new piece of information, and then they can take that new piece of information and verify that going backwards, it gives them what they started with. So you can imagine if I had a different public... Uh, a different key say i'm trying to hack into your account okay i don't have your private key i have my private key okay and i'm just trying to log in so i go to bank of america i say hey i'm lynn can you give me the challenge for lynn okay bank of america gives me that challenge i try to sign that challenge and i give that back to bank of america and then bank of america says hey this signature does not match what lynn's public key is requesting can you like extract any information from the public key what because bank of america is holding on to your public key mm-hmm. which is a part of your private key well right? no it's a it's a it's not a part of it it's a counter part 
Does that make sense? Like for every private key, there's a public key. Right, but what I'm asking is, can is there any information you can extract out from the pu- from the public key that will then point back to what your private key is, so no. then you can say I'm actually Lynn, despite not being Lynn's device that is initiating this request. Yep. Yeah, no, there is not. The only way to know for sure is to try every possibility. Okay. Um, and by trying every possibility, you generate brand new private keys and you say, is this the one? No. Is this the one? No. Is this the one? No. And it is possible. You will get to the end of them. And that's why, uh, like if you've ever had a website and they ask for an SSL certificate and you need to re-register these every so often, that's because computers turns out are not that great at calculating these public and private keys things. They're very computationally expensive. So for most use cases, we use very simple ones, but those simple ones, we project that computers will be able to crack them in four years, or usually be something much larger than that for something that's important, but we can go ahead and say like, hey, this key is not going to be secure in 10 years from now. Like if someone starts right now, they could find the solution in 10 years, basically. Um, but in 10 years, then we can use a much larger key because we'll have more powerful computers. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So we're always like trying to make something more complex. And by more complex, we just mean bigger numbers mm-hmm. for the keys. Um, because at the end of the day, these are just numbers that are being used in a mathematical equation. It's not much more complex than that. Is it anything related to how a while ago we have a, an episode on Bitcoin and it using like a hash function or whatever? It's, it, it works is exactly the same. Is? Yeah. Okay. So it uses public and private keys just like Bitcoin does. Uh-huh. Um, and the hash in this case, that's the signature. Okay. So you sign the hash. So in generally speaking, when you're working with public and private keys, you have some data. You calculate a hash of that data, mm-hmm. which is something anyone can do. Yeah. And then you sign that hash because the hash is a much smaller piece of information. Mm-hmm. And then you sign that hash and that signature is tied to that hash. Meaning if any piece of the information changes, it would generate a different signature. And you can verify that with the public key. And you can say like, hey, does this signature match the original data? Mm-hmm. So with the public key, you cannot generate a new signature. You have no idea how to do that direction, but you know how to get from the signature Back to the original. Okay. So with the whole password and sign in, like if you ever forget or you lose your password or whatever, you can then recover your password. Mm-hmm. How do you, is there any process in this with pass keys or do you never really lose it because your device is the key? Yeah. So that's a very crucial thing is there's no password. Yeah. Your device is the key. So then um, if you lose your device and you end up having to get a new device, does that mean all the credentials that you've signed in with, you gone, no longer poof. have access to Bank of America? Yes. Yeah, so th- there are uh, incarnations of passkeys that have existed up until now, and they kind of follow that line of thinking, where if you lose the device, that's it. Yeah. Like even a lot of two-factor apps don't even let you back up your two-factor codes. They're like, hey, if you lose... This device, that's it. And therefore, two-factor ends up not being as secure as most would want it because you need a way to recover your account. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that passkeys are doing different is they acknowledge that humans are humans, which is a very important thing to acknowledge, (laughs) and that people will lose their device. However, they assume that most people will have an account that they sign in with on their device. Like, for instance, if you use an Android, you probably have a Google account that is tied to your your, uh, digital life. Right. 
You okay. don't you don't forget that. That's like your one account. Um, so that is something... so like an account that doesn't use pass key. Yeah, so that account does not use a pass key for obvious reasons. Okay. Um, and that is the account that like is you. So you are never going to forget that account. Like if you buy a new device tomorrow and you chuck the other one in a river, you sign in with your account uh-huh. on that new device and you're in, right? So then it's, is it like what, like keeping tab of what you do on your device? Like well, tracking no. your everyday move? Not entirely. So passkey is the way they're designed is to save to the account that you use to sign in with your device. So on an Android, that'd be your Google account. On an iPhone, that would be your iCloud account. So when you sign in with iCloud, you can choose to share your passwords. And when you choose to share your passwords, your passkeys will go ahead and hop onto your other devices along with everything else. So what if you don't want to have your password share among different devices? Or what if you only have one device? So passkeys would maybe not be for you in their starting incantation. So again, once they're the way they're starting out is to be as uh, human-friendly as possible, meaning they will just share to your account. So there are a few different scenarios. If you have multiple devices... It's very easy. The thing that happens is you are asked on another device to verify who you are. Yeah. Right? Your other device is signed in. Apple doesn't need to know anything. Your other device just needs to share the passkey with the new device. Right? Okay. Nice and simple. No problems there. In a different scenario where you might actually only have a single device, then the only thing that can really prove who you are is your password. Right? Yeah, your password to your device or your password to the account to that the is account. connecting you? So both to the account and to the device. So on your device, when you set it up, you're asked to enter like a six-digit pin or whatever? Yeah. Okay, so that pin is what's used to encrypt all your pass keys on your Apple account. Okay. So if you get a new device and you sign in with your Apple ID, uh, you're not automatically going to get your pass keys until you also unlock your old device on the nude one. Does that make sense? Mm. So by entering in that passcode on your phone, it will go ahead and decrypt the passkeys that Apple knows about, but locally on your device. So Apple never needs to see what your actual passkeys are. And neither does Google or Microsoft. So they're all kind of working on this together. So that way you can go ahead and have this kind of secure future that doesn't involve passwords at all. The only password you're asked to know is your one and only device device password. password. Yeah. So that's the future that Apple's trying to push towards. Um, I think they will be like one of the first players to like enable this in October of this year when iOS 16 comes out. Um, So like if you see any websites that support it, it will be way more secure than like any password, like even a randomly generated password. Because from that point forward, all that website needs to know from you is your public key. And if they lose, if someone else gets your public key, like it doesn't mean anything. It's useless. Mm -hmm. All they can do is verify that you say who you are. Like if, if another website says, hey, you should log in with us and your thing logs in, all it's going to do at that point is say, like, yeah, I'm who I am, but you can't do anything with this information because they are not that service. They cannot reuse your signature with Bank of America, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, think of an, a third scenario where there's an evil person and they ask you to sign in 
and you use your passkey. You don't know any better. So use your passkey. You sign in with the evil person's account thing. And you gave your signature to them, right? Yeah. Okay, that signature is useless because they cannot use it to sign in with Bank of America. Mm-hmm. Because Bank of America is going to give a different challenge. It's going to say, hey, I want you to sign this piece of information. But then the, the evil person's like, well, I, I can sign this other piece of information. Do you want this? And Bank of America's like, I don't care about that. Okay. Like, we need you to sign this new piece of information that we're asking you about right now. Okay. So then in order for all this to work, every service out there needs to know be on about, board yeah. about pass keys. Yeah. So that's why, like, everyone is playing the long game here. Both Google, Apple, and Microsoft, like, the big players of the devices are basically saying to the rest of the world, hey, like, we're going to support these things. And it's going to make your life a lot easier to also support them on your websites. So that way, like, you can, uh, your users can go ahead and use passkeys. You don't have to panic every single time, like, there's a data breach of passwords because it's a lot less, like, there's, there's a lot less you can do with a, with a, uh, a passkey that goes out into the wild. Because it's not a private, the private part, it's the public part. Mm-hmm. And then the private ones never leave the devices that they're on. So, yeah, uh, the astute listeners out there might notice that there's still, like, one hole in this. And it's, oh, what if the attacker sets up a new device with your, like, Apple ID and stuff like that? Um, so that is certainly possible. Uh, and they can certainly, over the phone, ask for your PIN number that puts it on the other device to verify. Um, so then, so, it's so down... then can you do a passkey with... Your Apple ID? Kind of. So uh, the way Apple IDs work currently is there is that two-factor part where, like, if you try signing in, it blinks every other device that you own and says, please enter this code. Yeah. Right? Um, And then you have two options there. You have, I recognize this or I don't. Yeah. Uh, And the nice thing about that little message is, is it shows you a map of where that request is coming from. And then you can tell, hey, if this request is not coming from where i am right now yeah if it's coming from say india i hate to throw india under the bus every single time but guess who's doing the majority of these fishing it's india um so if it shows up and say india then that's a huge red flag that you should not like follow through with that Mm -hmm. so that's like the only thing really safeguarding you at that point is to uh have good security on that one main account but that means that for that one main account, you can have this really good complex password that's based off of a barcode of some toilet that you once saw in France. Don't give it away. True story. Um, like, if if you have that one really long password, that's the only one really long password you ever need to know. And you never use it with anything else, and therefore you have something that's secure. Mm. Well, now everybody knows your yeah. password is a toilet model number. <laughs> In France. In France. So good luck searching, everyone. <laughs> uh, and that is just like one component of a long password. So I'm not like... Not giving anything away. I'm not giving anything away at all. So happy, happy hunting. Um, yeah, the most popular password is password. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what passkeys are. I think they're really cool. It's going to be really nice when, once everyone starts using them. Uh, that said, it's not new technology by any means. Like, it's the same public cryptography that we've had for decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just getting, hopefully, being finally used in a way that 
is helpful to people. If the technology is there, how come nobody cares of using it in terms of security and such? Well, when you sign into uh, a service, do you, is the first thing you do is open up a terminal and write down some code and then open up some key signing software to do it? No, right? It's it's a it's a long convoluted process to currently sign things using public and private keys. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that anyone does. That's long no, story I mean, short. I mean, Apple is able to make it in a way where it's now easy for the people. Mm-hmm. Well, because so they control. So why hasn't anybody done that before? Or is the security not on people's priority list? Well, it's half not on people's priority list. Half, if only one company did this, nothing would come of it. Yeah. Um, and half, uh, we, you need to have everyone owning a device for this to work. So one thing I mentioned, there's no passwords, right? So you can't go to the library and sign into your bank account. Yeah. Like, if that's not your computer. It's not going to know your passkey. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that is a limiting... So you can't even use, like, a spouse or your family member's home computer to, like, hey, let me check my account real quick since I'm at my parents' house. It's safe. You can't even log into your own bank account. Not necessarily. However, there are some improvements that they've been bringing into this. And this is basically the acknowledgement that humans are humans Uh and that we need to lower down some of the the best security so that way we get more security for everyone yeah um and one piece of that is saying okay we're going to give you the challenge in the form of a qr code and then on your device you can go ahead and pull it up scan that qr code and on there sign in and that will sign you in on the main computer that you're on like it's not optimal it's not what anyone actually wants to happen because now it's technically insecure you're logged in on some other computer that's not yours right yeah and um, then yeah but it makes it a whole lot easier to use the passkey that's on your phone that you always carry with you that uh you are inseparable from right like yeah. that that's what it was been what it has been waiting for at the end of the day is for us to be inseparable from our device our device and then our device becomes literally a piece of us that we can use to authenticate things. So, yeah. Hopefully also gone with this are all the security questions that I feel like are way easier to hack than passwords. Like, who is your uh, uh, childhood uh, first grade teacher? Yeah. I feel like you could, anyone could look that up, like, with a good enough... The thing like, is, I don't even remember who my teachers were. So, so. The, so the secret for those is to enter random words and remember the random words that you answer for those questions. Because those are, like, way less secure than passwords. In fact, those are stored as is on databases. So it's like, eh. There's always those questions, like, your mother's maiden name, your father's maiden name, Mm -hmm. and, like... And it always feels extra secure when they ask for you that information over the phone. It's as if, like, they're just verifying it on their screen, so that means they had access to it all along. Yeah. It's like, hmm, I... Yeah, this doesn't feel, like, security at all. Yeah, especially, like with a caller id right nowadays like i mean you call them you i mean like happens to me like i called the vet the other, last time because uh our cat keithan had a, a situation in the morning and i didn't tell them who i was i only called them i'm like here's a situation they're like hey bring her in i brought in and then they're like okay lynn like we'll bring the cat in i'm like i didn't tell you who i was you know 
So with just your phone and like your phone number, they're able to just pull up your information. Mm -hmm. So I mean, or worse, fake who they are. Yeah. Right. Like you get a phone call and it says, oh, uh, the pet clinic. And you say, oh, hello. And they say, oh, there was an error charging your uh, card last time. And then you say, oh, okay. And you just read out your credit card number. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, it, yeah. like it's that easy. Yeah. Like that's what phishing is. It's, it's pH phishing, but it's just like fishing with a fishing pole, trying to get some suckers that are going to bite the line. Yeah. Um, and then someone strikes rich. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Looking forward to our passwordless future. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs>